When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Nugent Hopkins, left circle, wrist shot, score! Patrick Ryan Nugent Hopkins! Harris takes a snap, draws back, he throws. That's complete and a big game for the Eskimos. It's Ricky Collins Jr. again! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Just want to let you know, if you have a weather update wherever you are and things look serious, even though this is inside sports, I do want to keep people updated. So you can always call 780-496-0063 and let Kellen know. Our newsroom number is 780-466-NEWS. That's 780-466-6397. And you can text 63630. You might have just heard Eileen talking about it. Uh, Tornado warning in effect. This was issued, well, 10 minutes ago at 557. Uh, a tornado warning in effect for Improvement District 349, including the Cold Lake, Cold Lake Air Weapons Range and Lacklebish County near Lakeland Provincial Park and Recreation Area. So if you're in those areas, there is a tornado warning. So that is a dangerous uh, situation and, uh, and you should be taking cover. And of course, we'll update you as, we, uh, as things go along here on 630 Chat. But thank you very much for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio. Uh, into the long weekend we go. Hope you have a good one planned and uh, you do avoid any, any bad weather out there. We will have a live show on Monday, both Bob Stoffer with Oilers Now from noon to 2 and me from 6 to 8 in the evening. Uh, potentially breaking into other other programming if something very significant happens with the Edmonton Oilers. Well, I'm going to dive right in here with this sentence. If it were me, I would have run an offensive play on first and 10 from the 26, but it wasn't me, and it wasn't a great situation for the Edmonton Eskimos, regardless of what Jason Moss decided last night in Winnipeg. The Eskimos, despite outgaining the Bombers, despite running more than twice as many offensive plays, suffered their first loss of the season, 28-21, the final. Blake Dermott's going to join us in a few minutes for his thoughts. I'm curious to hear from you as well, especially now you've had about uh, 21 hours to uh, to process what happened last night 780-496-0063 you can also text us at 63630 uh in sports in general a a lot of uh, there's always a lot of criticism and a lot of scrutiny of things that happen late in games and obviously those situations are very important and they're uh, more easily remembered and but, but i also think sometimes too much importance is assigned to decisions and plays that happened late in games, whether it's football, hockey, basketball, or, or whatever. Uh, I will say this. The Eskimos were in a really bad spot when they, when they got down 28-12. And they, they, they clawed back in it, at least to make it interesting. Uh, we're down 10. And then this is where the, the fun part of being an armchair coach comes in. 
And I, you know what? Here, not not only would I've I done things differently in that situation, I would have done things differently earlier in the quarter. And, and if I were the coach, probably people would have been saying, "Why did Wilkins do that with so much time on the clock?" The Eskimos, with six eleven left in the game, were down twenty eight fifteen, and then they, you know, they outplayed the Bombers in the fourth quarter. There's no doubt about that. They're down twenty eight fifteen. They're third and nine from the Winnipeg thirty with uh, 6.11 to go. Quite frankly, I would have gambled there. I would have gone for it right on that third and nine with six minutes left and said, we got to get something into the end zone sooner rather than later. So I actually would have gambled there. And then first and 10 from the from the 26, uh, 2.13 to go. Now you're on the verge of running out of time. And I, and I know two minutes is a long time in the CFL. The clock pauses at least temporarily after each play. I mean, you can't take more than 20 seconds off at a time. The Eskimos would have been running hurry up on any play that ended in bounds. So I know you're in danger of running at a time. And I know Jason Moss was worried about maybe it takes four or five plays to go those last 26 yards and you lose 40 seconds off the clock and then you have to try a really low percentage onside kick. Derek Taylor, who used to be on TSN, now he's the play-by-play guy for the Rough Riders, uh, he tweeted out a stat, in the last three years, onside kicks are 15% successful in the last three minutes of a game. So, I mean, they're a long shot and the Eskimos were in a long shot situation anyway. What here, here's the thing. Either the Eskimos could have uh, scored a touchdown, and maybe it would have taken like a, maybe they score on the next play, and and you still got a lot of time. Maybe it takes 40 seconds to score, and they have less time. So either you kick the field goal there, you get a stop, which they did. You get the ball back in decent field position, and then they did, or even poor field position, and you have about a minute 20 to go all the way. You have to get a touchdown. Uh, the, the flip side was you try for a touchdown there, maybe you get it, and you don't have as much time when you get the ball back, but you don't have as far to go because you need a field goal to tie. You needed to score twice. I, I, I think, I, I hope by being fair by saying it's unlikely you're going to get two touchdowns to win, so you're trying to get a seven, uh, a seven and a three. Like I said, on the 26 first down, I would have at least one, run one more play myself Maybe you could bomb one to the back of the end zone where it's either incomplete, caught, or P.I. if you, if you put it really deep. Uh, but I would have kept going. But you also have to understand, and Jason Moss said it today, this, this is how they've decided to approach these situations. Like, they talk about it in the offseason. Uh, I would assume GM Brock Sunderland is on board with this strategy. And the Eskimos were in a very, very low percentage situation of of winning or even tying the game anyway so I don't think the game was lost there and you know what given what Jason Moss wanted to happen it actually happened they kicked the field goal they made Winnipeg punt from poor field position they got a good return to get good field position and then five of Trevor Harris's last six passes were incomplete and Kindly, two of them were dropped, and probably three of them were dropped. So it, it, it's an interesting debate. I, I don't believe the game was lost there, and I, I will flat out say that is not what I would have done myself. But I ain't coaching the football game. Nor is Barry, though I know he has something to say about it. Go ahead, Barry. Hey, how are you, Reed? Good. Um, I just thought that Harris was shaky on his passes all night. But the one thing is, whoever's calling the plays... It was over and over again, like last year. It's almost predictable. They only had two, maybe three, 
where they went down the field. They didn't attempt any long bombs at this last night at all. It was ridiculous. Well, Jordan Maximic is now the play caller, as you probably know. And, yeah, yeah I, I think, I th- well, see, I, we're going to see how this plays out. You've obviously watched the CFL before. Harris does not bomb it as much as Riley does. I think that's a little bit the personality of, of the quarterbacks. But fair mm-hmm. enough. I mean, Winnipeg got a long bomb touchdown, and you can say that, well, it did really help them win the game, and Edmonton didn't get a ball that, that pushed it downfield like that. Uh, they got a long bomb last week to Ellingson. I think sometimes you got to let it rip. Um, not not all the time because it is a low percentage throw. I think sometimes you got to let it rip to, to stretch out the defense a little bit. We'll see how Max Simic does in calling plays. I also think that's the best defense Edmonton faced, too, which is maybe why yeah, it didn't look they, quite as good. They were throwing into heavy coverage, everything over the middle where they had the, you know, man on man, and then they had the safety coming in. They're, they're one against two and sometimes one against three, whereas on the outside it was just one against one, and they didn't, they didn't do it. They did out, you know, they throw the, lots of those laterals, maybe five, six lateral passes, and then they expected the guy to, uh, you know, run run a, over the Winnipeg guy, and that didn't happen because he had no blocking out there. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I understand what they're trying to do with that play, but I, I hear you. It's frustrating when it doesn't work because you look like you're just calling a play that's designed to gain two yards in, in, instead of eight. But I, I'm willing yeah. to see where they where they go with Maximic. And I'm still, big picture, I'm encouraged about how the team has looked through three games. What about you, Barry? Oh, no question. This team is they're scary good. They just need some discipline, and I... I also think, as I coach for a few years, um, they need to start penalizing the uh, the guys that are taking these dumb penalties. Get them in the pocketbook, and then that'll stop them from doing that. Barry, hope you have... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Have a great Canada Day, buddy. Yep, thank you. Brian and Elvis up next on the open line discussing the Eskimos' loss to the Bombers. We're coming right back. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Just to keep you updated, the tornado warning is in effect for Improvement District 349, including the Cold Lake Air Weapons Range. This was updated by Environment Canada two minutes ago. So the tornado warning is for Improvement District 349, including the Cold Lake air weapons range if you're in this area uh definitely be on the lookout you may want to already get to a safe spot uh no sense waiting there's a severe thunderstorm warning in effect for lac county near lakeland provincial park and recreation area i will uh, do my best to keep you updated on those as we move along tonight luke texting in uh, says the eskimos couldn't score touchdowns it was good to see them stick to the run game but again penalties cost them harris played well and the bombers are an excellent team everybody should relax that is from luke texting to 630 630 brian is online too brian go ahead well good evening 
How are you? Good. Go ahead, man. Yeah, you know, I think it was Blake Vermont said something a couple of games ago that were, that I found pretty interesting, and and that was uh, this team has been uh, penalized a lot at the beginning of the year, and so I think last year they started off the same way, and uh, when things started turning around, when they took less penalties, they started losing more games, which I thought was interesting. Did you hear? Did you hear that as well? He he has said that, and that that is you, there is a correlation there, and I think even some of the Eskimos coaches and players have made note of that, which doesn't make sense. Um, but the win loss stats do back. So so what do you think of that, Brian? So do you live with the penalties then if they're they're still going to win two out of every three, or what do you think? I think I think it's a fine line because uh, what, the way they came out against um, uh, uh, Mike Riley and BC. That, I've never seen the defense so aggressive. Uh, we took a lot of penalties, but it really shook Riley, I think. And, and I mean, it really put BC on their heels. But there's a fine line because uh, you you, you got to learn how to play aggressive, but not go over the line. So, uh, like that, that, I think it was the uh, there was one there was one hit on Nichols, uh, a late hit. It was barely a hit, but it was a penalty. Uh, you that is just absolutely brainless you, you ha- that has to be stopped because all that did was uh Winnipeg just continued marching the ball down and they scored um that I, I mean that kind of penalty definitely you have to you know they have to find a way to the guys to stop from doing that kind of thing the, the other point I was going to make Reed was um uh I think I think yes I, I think they got a really exciting team this year I mean their offense is is dynamic um and and you know that long pass that we saw from Riley. I, you know, it was almost telegraphed, and it was too predictable last year. You know, it, it, it's so early in the season that if that if uh, you know it, it, if our offense, you know, if we can throw a, put a few passes in like that from time to time, I think we're going to be even more dynamic. But uh, well, you know, going back to the going back to the uh, the field goal on first or first down, I think it was. Yeah. Um, I, I, I totally disagree with it. I, I think that when you have momentum, uh, and if you ask every player on that offensive field, I think they would have said, let's go for the touchdown. Because did you notice the next series, that's when they started dropping all the balls? I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying anything, but uh, it's, to me it's just frustrating. you gotta go, You got to go for the, for the end zone. I yeah, mean, I, 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 I would have kept going. And you know what, Brian? If if you get sacked on first down and it's second and 17, then I would have kicked on second down. Or maybe if you're oh. even incomplete and it's second Absolutely. and 10. But I would have run Absolutely. another play because I think you had the Bombers on their heels. Brian, I'll say I, this too about you, know, you mentioned some of the offense. And I, I, I hope people don't mean this is that I'm now saying negative things about Mike Riley because he's not here. Because I, I loved Mike Riley. I loved dealing with him. I loved watching him play. And he's an outstanding player. But I think the one thing, if you compared the two quarterbacks, I do think Harris gets the ball away a little bit quicker. I, I completely agree. I completely agree. Uh, I, I've noticed that already this year, the, the two home games. Uh, in Edmonton here, it, it just seemed like uh, there was less time to spend in the pocket. You know, it, it, it just everything happens happens a little bit quicker, um, and maybe that's just Riley's confidence that he knows he can run. I'm not sure. Brian, thanks for calling, buddy. Appreciate it. 
I will get to Elvis after the 6.30 news so he gets uh, gets more than 40 seconds. Uh, Sham writing into 6.30, 6.30. He says the Eskimos took on a pretty healthy Bombers team while the Eskimos were missing some key pieces. They still kept it close. When the Eskimos become healthy, they will, in my opinion, be the best team in the West. That's a text from Sham. And uh, John says, Reed, I heard the Eskimos got three more penalties on the way to the airport last night. Another one on the flight, and Jason Moss still won't admit that it is a problem. That is uh, John, John texting 6.30, Well, I think, I, I, I know you're joking around. I think he knows it's a problem, uh, but it, it, it doesn't go away. Not like... Not all penalties are created equally, and sometimes one, you know, one pass interference penalty. I think Johnson got one. He's trying to knock down the ball. His hand comes up and uh, hits the receiver's helmet. It was a penalty. I mean, that's that's 40 yards on one play, but but still, you know, uh, uh, avoidable, uh, avoidable if if you're going after the ball. Blake Dermott will chime in as well, but uh, we'll get to Elvis. More of your phone calls and texts. We have open lines at 780-496-0063. A lot to talk about as well. The Edmonton Prospects, uh, big Canada game. The Brick Invitational starts on Canada Day, all in the next hour and a half. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. All right, CFL tonight, six minutes left in the second quarter. Hamilton, oh, they just got another touchdown. So that makes it 14-3, Hamilton leading Montreal with the point after or the two-point convert still to be attempted. Hamilton, obviously the heavy favorite to finish first in the East Division this season. We will uh, talk some NHL free agency, some prospects for who the Oilers might sign with Doug McLean, who used to be a GM in the league himself, spent several years with uh, sports that he's coming up later in the show. Blake Dermott in a few minutes as well. Nick texting 630-630. He says, Jason Moss has the ability to be a great head coach. They formed a great team of players, lots of potential this year. I only wish Moss would stop his misguided late-game coaching decisions go for the cup Eskimos that is from Nick to 630-630 well I'll tell you what uh you know I said it in the first half hour of the show I wouldn't have done what he did uh last night though I get the logic the West final in 2017 didn't make sense to me yet third and four from where were they they were inside the Calgary 20 uh and you were only down seven with less time on the clock so you're you know and then they did they did get the ball back with they fumbled the punt with like 15 seconds left, and that would have been long bomb, Hail Mary situation anyway. You know what, guys? I hear you. I, I get the questions because I, I have them myself. Jason answered stuff with Morley and Dave last night, uh, again today when he did an availability. He has decided to commit to that strategy, that he'd sooner take the three points first and then try to get a stop and get the ball back. The crazy thing last night was it actually worked. It didn't work in winning the game. Let me correct that. It actually worked in getting a stop and getting the ball back in field position, and then they got the bonus possession off the Harris fumble, um, and, and they couldn't execute. So maybe we're having a different story if there's a, another completed pass, or like that one caller said, they maybe take a longer shot for the end zone and, and connect on a reception or a, a pass interference call. I, I love this type of debate with 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 football Again, maybe we spend too much time on things at the end of the game and not enough time on things earlier because there were plenty of reasons why the Eskimos were playing catch-up. 
uh, in the in the fourth quarter. I mean, they got beat pretty bad in the third, I thought. And I'll, I'll ask Blake about that in, in a few minutes. Um, but they, they were in a really tough situation late in that game anyway. And again, if it's me, and, and this is another thing, probably some of you are thinking, well, Reed's out to lunch even saying this. I would have gambled on third and nine with six minutes left from the Winnipeg 30 down 28-15. I would have been more desperate to get a touchdown on that drive. Elvis is on line three. Go ahead. Reed, I hope you have a fantastic uh, Canada Day and uh, get a good holiday because you got a lot of work coming up with you with free agency uh, closing in here in the NHL. But uh, in regards to the CFL last night, um, I was listening to everybody rating the Edmonton Eskimos where there would be. They said that uh, Winnipeg or Calgary would be first and second, and that was a, a coin toss. BC would probably be, uh, be third. And we were on the outside looking in if we even had an opportunity at that four spot, which I disagreed with. Uh, I watched last night's game. I was very impressed with what our Eskimos did. They uh, did a great job on Harris, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, did they take some stupid penalties? Absolutely. Usher was the one that your previous caller was talking about where he, um, uh, where Nichols let go of the ball and he he tapped him. and then, But he hit him in the head. I don't care how light it is. They're going to throw the flag every time. I liked what I seen last night. I liked everything about them. They've got some key players that are out. They competed. These guys, uh, I believe, they've, they've formed a team here that they got a quarterback that has a way quicker release. He doesn't run, but he doesn't. He, he's not the best scrambler in the world, but he doesn't need to be the way he gets rid of the ball. I'm very, very impressed. And what have they had, really, for time together, Reed? You know uh, what I mean? When was uh-huh. camp uh, early May camp started? So yeah, they played but five I'm like, games like actual, preseason. Yeah, so I mean, you 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 look at it like, watch, watch this watch this team in another like another six or seven or eight games, and I'm not worried about the discipline thing at all. I'm not. I I think I think that uh, they've got to they've got to make their calls, and I agree with the one caller who said that you, these guys are going so quick, you're gonna you're gonna, stuff is gonna happen. You're gonna get called, but it's the stupid ones that you have to eliminate, the ones that don't matter, and. uh I've I just seen a little too much of that last night. Elvis, thanks for calling. Talk to you soon. Okay, bud. All right. We will uh, bring in our Eskimos analyst, Blake Dermott, here on the line. Blake, thanks for uh, hanging on, buddy. Good to have you on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Reed. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, good to talk to you again, man. All right. So let's dive right in. 445 yards of offense. Almost 36 and a half minutes of possession of the football. 76 offensive plays as opposed to 35 for your opponent and the Edmonton Eskimos lose the game. How did that happen, Blake, given those numbers? Well, there's a, I guess if you're going to dissect this thing, there's, a, there's always more than one reason why you lost, but I think uh, a big reason why they lost was uh, the fact that they took 130-something yards in penalties on 14 penalties. And uh, I always do the math this way. If you get the ball on the 35-yard line, which is uh, in a lot of cases an average place to start, and you get 40 yards of offense or 45 yards of offense, that puts you into a scoring position even if it's a field goal. And that was three scoring positions that Edmonton didn't, uh, uh, didn't allow themselves to be in because of the penalties that they took. And even if those were field goals, which is all they seemed to be able to get last night, they would have won the game. And, uh, and on the top of that, in two instances, penalties gave Winnipeg opportunities to score points. So, you know, when when I looked at this, and I said this at the beginning of the year, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you and I, you and I have had this conversation that when people talked about Winnipeg being arguably the best team in the league, I had a tough time seeing that. 
And after I saw the way the Eskimos dominated Winnipeg on virtually every point of that game, with the exception of the uh, stat sheet, or we had the scoreboard, they, uh, I, I still don't believe that Winnipeg is, uh, is going to be the team that's going to be in the Grey Cup. Now, a lot could happen between now and then, but I think that was a big moniker to give that team coming out of the gates, and I don't think that they had done anything to deserve it. The fact that they're 2-0 and is, is good, because they, they did win the game against a, a very good Edmonton team, but I think the next time Edmonton plays these guys, uh, I think it could be a, a little bit more focused group, and uh, and that opportunity for them to <laughs> to hand out some some butt kicking might be a, a really good opportunity. Well, you know, it's funny you say that. And, and look, I know fans listening; they're they're never happy when when their favorite team loses. But as that game wound down yesterday, I found myself thinking. I would love for the Eskimos to play these guys again next week, where sometimes you lose a game and you feel like, okay, I'm glad we don't play them for a while. Like, I, I, was, I was ready to, 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 to play again and for the Eskimos to finish some drives. And, and really that third quarter, Blake, I mean, to me that's when Winnipeg really asserted themselves and then the Eskimos were playing catch-up in the fourth. But even still, though, I mean, I, I thought that uh, Winnipeg had a good third quarter. They came out of the gates with a, you know, with some adjustments, and they they were able to march the ball down the field. But but still, there was opportunities given to them because of because of the penalties that they took. And and uh, and I I really think that when you look at their offense, you know, when you throw for 200 yards in the CFL, you're not going to win any games. And and Andrew Harris, you know, arguably the you know one of the best Canadian running backs less than 40 yards of rushing and 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 combined like they they just they they dismantled that offense when i look at winnipeg's offense for the exception of that brief period of time in that third quarter their offense was was running on fumes like uh i thought the eskimo defense is it was, it was what they said that they could be this year they were going to be aggressive fly around and they were going to be a team that is going to take control of games and and that's exactly what they did uh, the offense could be a little disappointed with themselves, especially in that last five minutes of the game when they had more drops in that five-minute span than they've had over the, the, the previous two games. In your experience, Blake, and, and I know you didn't play the position, but you've, you've seen guys as receivers, what is it that, that causes a drop? I mean, is a drop just totally mental? Is, is it maybe that the defense has been hitting you maybe more than in past weeks? What do you think causes a drop football? Well, I think, I think what, what ends up happening with, with drop footballs, and they were bringing this up on, on, the, uh, on the, the television broadcast last night, how many times did, uh, did Edmonton throw the ball? They threw the ball like 57 times or something. That's an awful lot of 40-yard sprints for a receiver. <laughs> you know, that's you know, you're 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 every every down you're running back to the to the uh, to the huddle. You get a 20-second rest, and then you're sprinting again for another play. I mean, there was there was rarely was there a play off where the, you know when you're going to run block. Um, they they just literally, I think a lot of that had to do with with the fatigue. And it was a beautiful night in Winnipeg. Uh, probably a lot warmer in Winnipeg than it's been in Edmonton over the last few days. And I think that uh, the, it can be pretty humid in Winnipeg. Um, so I, I'm wondering if the uh, the weather conditions had a little bit to do with that, uh, and and the fact that these guys were running so much that that happens. But typically, and, and it's, it's it's a lot like you know when somebody yawns. When somebody yawns, and the next thing you know, everybody's yawning. And uh, when a ball gets dropped, sometimes that could be a little contagious. 
Blake Dermott, our Eskimos analyst, joining us on Inside Sports. Eskimos lose 28-21 last night in Winnipeg. They're down 10 late. They kick a field goal with just over two minutes to go, first and 10 from the 26. Uh, That one's going to be debated. Obviously, they needed to score twice, and obviously they were in a very low percentage situation to to win or tie the game anyway. Uh, But, I mean, what do you think of that decision? And we've seen Jason Moss make decisions like this before, though I don't put this in the same category as the West Final in 2017. I think that was blatantly the wrong decision. This one may be a a little more open for debate. What did you think of that one, Blake? Well, you know what? I I knew that this was going to be something, and when, when he did it, I went... And I, I had a strong feeling because of the way that things had turned at that point that Edmonton was going to get the ball back and Edmonton was going to... I really felt they were going to win the game. Um, the, uh, the the only thing that is questionable here is why did he go on on first down? Well, because you're going to lose extra time on the clock. you got to get a field goal anyways. He, he kicked a field goal, which was the way uh, Sean White was kicking last night. It was a sure thing. And uh, I was... Uh, I think it became a non-issue because Edmonton got the ball twice more after that. You know, they got the ball uh, in two additional times to be able to score. So, so people are going to question Jason Moss's decision to do that. But in reality, I think that's a non-factor. I thought I thought it was a decent coaching move. The the fact that it didn't uh, work out will will be what everybody judges. But from a strategic standpoint, you need to score twice. And he. he, he his decision had his team in the, in a situation to have three opportunities to score twice, and the players. I never saw Jason Moss drop a ball. I uh, the, I think the players uh, didn't take advantage of the situation that they were put into. Blake, always great to have you on the show. Enjoy the bye week. Enjoy Canada Day. We will uh, catch up. Well, the week uh, I guess two weeks from today after the Eskimos play in Vancouver against the Lions. Great to talk to you, buddy. All right, Reed. Thanks a lot. That is Blake Dermott checking in tonight. It's 6.46. Uh, Hamilton leading Montreal 15-3 late in the first half. And Hamilton now first and goal on the Montreal 1. So likely to add to that total. I do want to keep you posted here. The The tornado warning remains in effect for Improvement District 349, including the Cold Lake Air Weapons Range. That is a tornado warning. Um, very. Da- I'm reading this right off the Environment Canada website. It's a dangerous and potentially life-threatening situation. So you got to be ready to take cover or already be uh, in cover while this warning is in effect. And I'll keep you updated here on Inside Sports. It's uh, 6:47. Back after the break. You're listening to 6:30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Okay, good to have you tuning in tonight. We will have uh, former NHL GM Doug McLean on the show between 7 and 7.30. He'll have some thoughts on free agency, both past and present, some memories from his days as a, as, as a GM with the Columbus Blue Jackets and some thoughts on what could lie ahead for the Edmonton Oilers on Monday. We'll also bring Joan Radford onto the show, the director of the Canada Day Road Race, which goes Monday morning, starting and finishing at the legislature grounds. And the Brick Invitational starts Monday. I was at the news conference today. Fernando Pisani's son Jackson is on Team Brick Alberta. And uh, Mickey DuPont played in the first ever Brick Invitational for Team Brick in 1990, and now his son is on this year's team. How cool is that? So uh, we'll get into that story as we move along uh, as well. Canada Day, so I mentioned the road race. Uh, What else do we have going on? 
The uh, FC Edmonton plays Halifax Monday at 1.30 at Clark, so you can check that out. And the Edmonton Prospects Baseball Club, their annual Canada Day game and bash. 7 o'clock, they'll be taking on Moose Jaw. Now, the Prospects just getting ready for a game in Weyburn, so we will quickly go to the line and bring in their head coach, Jordan Blundell. Jordan, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Reed. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, thanks for checking in. I know you're playing tonight against uh, Weyburn, where you picked up an 8-6 victory last night. You guys are coming in at 12 and 13, and uh, I guess it's kind of been a back-and-forth type of year so far, eh? Yeah, a little bit of a seesaw for sure. Uh, you know, we're working towards finding that consistency, and, you know, uh, ideally we'd like to, to get on a run, but, um, you know, we're, we're really more focused right now on, on tonight's game. We're not looking too far ahead. I think maybe that, you know, earlier in the season we were trying to win two or three games, uh, you know, in one night, and, you know, that's obviously not possible, and I think that uh, we'll be a little bit more focused up here on uh, taking care of business, uh, which is what we have to do tonight. It's uh, it's always a little bit of a process getting getting the team to, to gel and know tendencies and, and get to know the guy in the stall next year. How has that part of it been going? Yeah, I think that's gone really well. I think that uh, we've been able to develop uh, – you know, a good rhythm within the group. I think that uh, it's a really positive clubhouse. I think the guys uh, enjoy being around each other. Uh, you know, the bus rides have been fun together. And, um, you know, we're obviously looking for more of the same there. And it's a, it's always uh, a challenge to develop, you know, new relationships in such a short time frame. And I think, uh, you know, our leaders have done a really good job on the team of, of creating that, you know, welcoming culture and, and uh, you know, creating a good vibe in, inside our clubhouse. And we've seen that on the field through through some ups and downs. Um, you know, the guys have had each other's backs when things haven't been going our way. And, you know, they obviously support each other when things have been going our way. So we're really happy with that. And, you know, hopefully that uh, that kind of chemistry and that kind of clubhouse culture will, will lead to success for us here uh, moving forward. One of the highlights on the calendar and on your schedule is your Canada Gate Canada Day game, seven o'clock Monday against Moose Jaw this season. Uh, there's always uh, fireworks and uh, a lot of special festivities going on around that game. To, to the players who haven't participated in it, are, are you going to say anything about what's coming up, or are you just going to let them go out and and try to treat it like a like another regular season game? Yeah, you know, it, it is another game, but it's different. Uh, you know, the uh, the energy and the atmosphere and everything that's, uh, you know, attached with Canada Day in Edmonton, uh, you know, will be something new for almost all of our players. So, you know, I don't think there's really anything that we can do to prepare them. Um, you know, it's, it's business as usual, and, and our focus really is on, you know, the game at hand. So we really haven't broached that subject with the fellas uh, as of yet. They, they're aware. They know it's coming up, and they know it's special for us. But um, we've played in front of some big crowds already this year and, and uh, in front of some boisterous and energized crowds in Edmonton. So, you know, this one will just be, you know, multiplied a little bit greater. Uh, but it's it's not something that they haven't experienced a little bit already. Um, we're excited for it. The guys are excited for it. Uh, you know, it's a special day in Edmonton uh, for us, and it's a really cool thing that's happening. Uh, you know, in Canada, you know, the fact that we get to host that game and um, get to get to share that with a bunch of Edmontonians and, and uh, enjoy Canada Day together. It's uh, it's really special for us. Well, well said. I know you have a couple before then, but uh, I hope it goes well on on Monday night when you take on Moose Jaw. Jordan, I'll let you get back to your prep for tonight's game. Thanks a lot for checking in. 
Thank you very much, Reed. Thanks for having me. All right, coach of the Edmonton Prospects, Jordan Blundell. They play in Weyburn again tomorrow. No game on Sunday. And then uh, 7 o'clock Canada Day against Moose Jaw. They got the big fireworks uh, concert on the field after the game. Always a lot going on with the prospects. They do a great job. The Edmonton Stingers are about to tip off at the Expo Centre against the Niagara River Lions. The Stingers third in the six-team CEBL with a record of 5-4. and four. The River Lions are first with a record of 9-2. and two. They got some good names in that their league, Kellen. They got the Niagara River Lions, yeah. the Hamilton Honey Badgers. That's a good one. That's like minor league baseball in the States good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. Because they got some weird it. names in the states in some of those minor league leagues, right? So uh, they well they do the Macon Whoopie. That was a hockey team. I don't think I don't know if that team still exists. That's interesting. Yeah, you, have you heard that one before? I believe I have. The Macon yeah. Whoopie. M A C O N W H O O P E E. I believe is, yeah. is, is is the correct spelling. All right, we will. Uh, oh, we got to do the news. I do want to let you this know this. It's now a severe thunderstorm warning in effect for Improvement District 349, including the Cold Lake Air Weapons Range. So no longer a tornado warning. Now that's still bad weather, so still be safe. And actually, a lot of areas to the north and northeast of Edmonton have some sort of weather warning or watch in effect. So be cautious, watch the skies, be ready to take shelter, or, or maybe just stay in until it passes. Stay in and listen to Inside Sports. What is there a better way to spend your Friday night? People are making long lists right now. Well, yes, Reed, actually, here are a few ways. I do appreciate you tuning in. Doug McLean, he's always informative and entertaining. Former NHL general manager, he's going to pop on. More on the Brick Invitational that starts Monday at West Edmonton Mall, all in the next hour. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.